Welcome to Props and Hops, a betting and beer podcast powered by Dimers.com and part of Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Matt Landis, and let's get right to it. NFL Week 10 bets curated from a dream team of football handicappers, plus some original analysis. 60% of the time, it works every time. One side this week, New Orleans plus 3, minus 120 at Tennessee. That's the current line as I record this Thursday evening during the Ravens-Dolphins Thursday night showdown. I'm patiently waiting for the Ravens offense to hopefully wake up and show signs of life to get their teaser leg home to start the week off on the right foot. But regardless of how that game turns out, if you're catching this episode on the night of its release, happy Veterans Day. And as far as this Saints pick goes, it was a unanimous selection on the Matchbook NFL podcast, Rob Pizzola making the Saints his best bet, and he was joined on the Saints by the whale capper Drew Dinsick, as well as Fabian Summer, aka Suma. Drew also broke this game down, taking the Saints plus the points on the NFL Early Value Show with friend of the pod Ross McDowell, and Steve Fezzik on this week's Dream Preview also taking the Saints. As far as the handicap goes, yes, the Titans stayed hot last week, but that was more a reflection of no-shows by Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. The Titans have been getting some unsustainable luck and high-leverage moments during their five-game win streak. In fact, they rank third in EPA per play differential on late downs, first in win probability added off of turnovers, and second in EPA differential off of turnovers during this five-game win streak. But if we look at early downs, which tend to be much more predictive, even during that five-game win streak, the Titans' bottom five in net success rate. On the Saints side of things, their defense is elite right now. The Saints rank fourth in EPA per play, and if we isolate first down for their defense, second in EPA per play, speaking of those more predictive early down metrics we touched on with the Titans, the Saints defense also number three in success rate and number three in DVOA, all this despite a defensive line that was ravaged by injuries earlier this season, but looking much healthier these days. The Saints defense is especially stout when it comes to stopping the run, and the Titans seem eager to keep running the ball a lot, even without Derrick Henry and with a banged-up offensive line. And when Tennessee looks to pass the ball, Marshawn Lattimore could be a big eraser when it comes to shutting down A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones looking iffy as always. He appears to have tweaked a hamstring in Thursday's practice and came out with a new injury designation. And on the other side of the ball, the Saints have a strong offensive line, and we can probably expect more Taysom Hill this week. Last week's opponent for the Saints, the Falcons, had seen Hill twice last season. For the Titans, there's a lack of familiarity, so that could unlock some nice gadgety schemes for Sean Payton with a versatile player like Taysom Hill. Of course, for the Saints offense, the big question, Alvin Kamara's status. And because of that, when it comes to executing this bet, I'd advise waiting if you haven't pulled the trigger on the Saints already. We're likely going to see a better number if bad news comes out on Kamara. And if the market does continue to support the Saints, you can probably get access to a plus 2.5 at even money, or a money line at about plus 130. And both of those numbers mathematically grade better than the plus 3 at minus 120 we're currently looking at. But that said, we'll go ahead and grade this bet at the plus 3, minus 120 for the Saints. And full disclosure, I was close to adding a second side this week. I took Seattle plus 4 at Green Bay earlier in the week as a speculative play. Wondering if Aaron Rodgers would be out again or perhaps limited for the Packers, but that line down to a juicy plus three and a half on Seattle, no longer a play for me. However, 
It is showing value according to the Dimer Spot in the Quick Pick section over at Dimers.com. So some food for thought if you're intrigued by that big NFC showdown on Sunday at Lambeau Field. One total as well, Minnesota and the Chargers over 53. This bet had more consensus from the Matchbook NFL podcast, with it being Suma's best bet, Rob endorsing it as well, and Drew had mentioned playing over 51.5 on the Early Value NFL podcast. Didn't seem quite as interested at 53, but the hitman, another sharp better who took 51.5 early in the week, indicated on Thursday's Hot Read Hits and Dream Preview podcasts that he still is good with this one at the current number of 53, albeit for a slightly reduced amount perhaps. And when it comes to the handicap here, the Vikings defense the last three weeks has lost its number one cornerback, its number one edge rusher, and now its number one safety. So they'll be shorthanded and they'll also be fatigued because this is not only their second straight road game, but it's a second straight road game off a performance last week that had them on the field for 89 snaps and more than 46 minutes in an overtime loss in Baltimore, and that could open the door for the Chargers offense to light up the scoreboard since their week 8 bye, the Chargers offense has started to turn things around on early downs, passing more often, increasing the average depth of target when throwing those passes on early downs, and as a result, the Chargers have posted some really strong numbers looking at the advanced metrics on early downs these past two weeks. On the other side of the ball, the Chargers bring in the worst run defense in the league when we look at EPA, and Minnesota loves to run. That should be a good option for them, whether it's Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison leading the way in the backfield. The Chargers have a linebacker, Drew Tranquil, who's been a key cog this season, really showing some progress and especially valuable stopping the run. But he tested positive earlier today, so he's likely going to be out on Sunday. And when it comes to the Vikings passing the ball, one thing that could actually work in their favor and in our favor for the purposes of this bet, there's been some recent steam on the Chargers up to a juicy three-point favorite, and if that seems accurate and the Vikings are playing from behind, that's when they tend to be more aggressive this season. Don't ask me why they don't pass the ball more often since that's usually the optimal way to go, but it's especially optimal with them taking on a Chargers secondary dealing with two starters who still haven't practiced through Thursday, and the Chargers just placed their fifth cornerback on injured reserve, so their depth in line for a big test trying to contain the likes of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. When it comes to the Chargers' pass rush, also a potential issue with Joey Bosa, a new addition to the injury report on Thursday with an ankle injury. So overall here, we're looking at two potent offenses with some matchup edges, both passing and rushing, going up against two highly exploitable defenses. One teaser in play this week as well, Cleveland plus 8.5 at New England, paired with Pittsburgh minus 2.5 hosting Detroit. As far as Cleveland goes, Adam Chernoff, the host of the Simple Handicap, backing the Browns straight up at plus 2.5, Rob Insuma also backing the Browns on the money line, and the hitman liking the Browns is a teaser leg this week. As far as Pittsburgh goes, Fezzik liking the Steelers in a teaser, as discussed on the Even Money podcast. Another note for full disclosure, I'd paired the Browns with the Ravens in a teaser, but with Baltimore currently looking like just the latest AFC contender to squander a chance at a win against an inferior opponent, it looks like that exposure on the Browns is going to open up after the Thursday night game concludes. So it might be a full ticket here, looking at Cleveland against the Patriots as perhaps the better team on the road. 
I know the Patriots are coming off a blowout win last week over the Panthers, but Mac Jones posted a negative EPA per play. In fact, it was worse than Jordan Love's EPA per play. So that scoreboard for the Patriots last week in Carolina said more about Sam Darnold, perhaps, than anything else. When it comes to the Patriots, this will be their first game of the season against a defense that ranks top five in pressure rate, with the Browns coming in ranked second in pressure rate. And for a Patriots offense that likes to rely on the run to avoid getting Mac Jones under too much pressure, not helpful having the top two running backs on the depth chart injured coming into this game. This is also a numbers grab with the Browns, taking them up through those key numbers of 3 and 7. With the Steelers, it's a numbers grab going down the other way through the 7-3, and three. and yes, they were unimpressive on Monday Night Football against the Bears, Big Ben's looking as old as ever, the offense downright bad at times, and the Lions known to play hard with their coach Dan Campbell this season. I get it, but it's still a struggle to get to Detroit keeping this one within a field goal, so I'm going to pair the Steelers with the Browns in a teaser. Quick note that if the Ravens can get it together and cover their teaser leg in Miami, then this would be more of a pizza bet to keep that Browns exposure in check. If you want a full teaser leg and you've got Browns exposure heading into the weekend, pairing Pittsburgh with Philadelphia could be a prudent path to follow. Two props to get to this week. First up, Jerry Judy over four and a half receptions for the Broncos hosting the Eagles. I'm not seeing any lines up for this prop quite yet, expecting to see a juicy 4.5 for Judy, and I make that good up to a price point of minus 130. The Hitman and Adam offer different perspectives on a similar outcome for Judy this Sunday, and I'll kick it off with the Hitman's breakdown, looking at over 4.5 receptions, noting that Denver has been increasing Judy's role in the short passing game, and that could be a great matchup against an Eagles defense that plays a soft zone willing to concede those underneath passes. Adam took an early lead on Judy over 53.5 receiving yards. That number seems to have shot up to 57.5 in the few spots where it's currently available. And I'll note that the receptions total and reception yardage are obviously highly correlated, so I'm eyeing a split ticket on over 4.5 receptions at minus 130 or better, along with over 57.5 receiving yards for Judy at minus 115. But if you're only able to bet one of these numbers, I think the underneath role Judy's playing now may limit his yards per catch, and that has me in favor of over 4.5 receptions for Judy on Sunday against Philadelphia. The second prop, Atlanta, Dallas, shortest touchdown under 1.5 yards. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know the drill with the math, This game has the highest total on the board at 55. That number steamed up from an already high opener. And from a matchup standpoint, when Atlanta has the ball, these teams are on opposite trajectories. The Falcons offense trending up, the Dallas defense trending down. And speaking of that Dallas defense, with Trayvon Diggs at corner, it's been feast or famine this season. I wouldn't be stunned to see him grab an interception and also commit a pass interference penalty in the end zone and certainly wouldn't complain about P.I. in the end zone for the purposes of this prop. When Dallas has the ball, they're a force at the goal line with Ezekiel Elliott in that ground game, as well as Dak Prescott being a nice dual threat in short yardage situations. I make this prop good up to minus 150. That does it for this week's bets. To sum it up, here's a rapid-fire rundown. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. One side, New Orleans plus three at Tennessee. 
one total, Minnesota and the Chargers over 53. One teaser, the Browns plus 8.5 at the Patriots, paired with the Steelers minus 2.5 hosting the Lions. And two props, Jerry Judy over 4.5 receptions, and Atlanta-Dallas shortest touchdown under 1.5 yards. And with that, let's pivot from the props to the hops. This week's show beer, two-wheeler, a Berliner Weiss by Farfield Beer Company in Lawndale, California. Two-wheeler clocks in at a crushable 3.8% ABV, and it was my most pleasant surprise at a recent Oktoberfest held by the LA Brewers Guild in its first event since pre-pandemic times. Two-wheeler's tart and floral with a light, crisp body. It's refreshing, but with plenty of flavor, and with a warm weekend on deck in Southern California, Local Props and Hops listeners could do worse than hop on a two-wheeler in LA's South Bay and pick up some two-wheeler to drink this weekend. Now let's go from a fun new discovery in the beer world to a lesson relearned last week in the betting world with this week's Malinsky Minute. This week's quote, Sometimes what you want to bet isn't what you want to bet. These are actually the words of Las Vegas Chris, a pro better and previous Props and Hops guest, as well as my colleague on the BetUS NFL show. And Chris said these words on a recent show, and it instantly reminded me of Dave's outside-the-box thinking. Tying this in with a lesson from last week's betting outcomes, I had a play on this show, breaking down the Falcons' Saints under 42, and when that score was 3-0 in the final minute of the first half, we were sitting pretty, but during a 32-point barrage in the fourth quarter, not so much. And working in an angle from another pro better and previous Props and Hops guest, Steve Fezzik, when looking at a full game under, the first half under is often the way to go to avoid end-game shenanigans. Tying this all in with Chris's quote from a betting standpoint, sometimes when you want to bet a full game under, you should really want to bet the first half under. And taking this well beyond sports betting, in life, sometimes what you want today isn't what you want tomorrow. There's no telling what's around the corner, and every decision's a bet in one way or another. So the best we can do is think outside the box, make the greatest use we can of the information at hand at the time of the decision by exploring our full set of options, and from there, trusting the process and accepting what comes next. Overall, in betting and life, the less fixated we are on what we think we want in the moment, the more likely we are to benefit from whatever comes next. Alright, thanks for listening to this episode. If you found any value in it, the number one way you can support Props and Hops is to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd be interested in a breakdown on every game, including picks from pro bettors, check out the BetUS NFL show I'm hosting with Las Vegas Chris and Scott Kellen. We're breaking down the full weekend slate, live on YouTube on Fridays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and to check it out, tap the link in these show notes. One more housekeeping item, if you live in an area where wagering is legal and want to kill two birds with one stone, go ahead and sign up for a sportsbook via any of the links at the bottom of the Props and Hops landing page on Dimers.com. That way you can get down on some edges and support this show along the way, and you can also find a link to that landing page in the show notes. And that'll do it. Enjoy week 10. Best of luck with your action. I'll talk to you next week. And until then, let's bet well, let's drink well, 
and let's be well.